Have you ever wondered what it is we love about a good fish story? Well, you know, it's always fun to watch, isn't it? And you know that right out of those pictures and images, there is a great fish story emerging. What is it we love about them? Well, you know, first of all, we love how animated the people who are telling the story are. You know, they're excited, they're enthusiastic, and it's contagious listening to someone who fishes tell you a story. We also like it because it's always, right, exaggerated. It's always bigger than life, but there's something about that that even we love, all the while we know it's exaggerated. You know, perhaps what makes a fish story most interesting is the way that people who fish need to tell you the whole story, right? I mean, they start days before they went fishing, and they keep telling you and building up and building up and building up and all the way till the great moment comes, and then it's really exaggerated and big, and then they just keep telling the story, and the longer they tell it, the bigger it gets. But somehow we love it. We love being engaged in that kind of a fish story. Well, it turns out today that our gospel reading, our scripture lesson, is a great fish story too. And one of the primary characters, besides some of the other disciples, was Peter. You might notice I like talking about Peter because I did that last week. But anyway, Peter um, is, is a professional fisherman. And so I was thinking about what Peter might say or how Peter might tell this story if he were with us. And I think it might go something like this. I lost my best friend just a short time ago. I lost him to a really horrible, terrible death. And since then, he's kind of been coming and going in really bizarre ways, and so I feel very confused and upset. And all I want to do is just lay around at home. I just want to hang out on the couch and stare at the TV. I have no will to do anything. I'm depressed. I'm upset. I have no idea what to do next after this great loss. I just don't know. But my wife's kind of been nagging at me the last couple of days because she's really good and ready for me to get up off this couch and get on with my life. And so she keeps encouraging me to do that. So I think what I'm going to do is engage in the thing that makes me feel better always, and that is I'm going to go fishing. So I think I'll call up my buddies and see if they want to go fishing. So I call them up, and they're as excited to go as I am, so we pack up our cooler and we get on the boat and we head out to our favorite fishing hole. We fish all day, and we fish into the night, and at about midnight we still caught absolutely nothing. So we decide we'll just go skinny dipping. You know... Skinny dipping is a great distraction when you're catching no fish. So we swim for a while, and when we've been refreshed that way, we get back in the boat, and we continue to have our nets cast, and we continue all through the night to catch nothing. When the sun starts to come up, when we look over at the shore, the beach line, we see that there is a stranger walking on the beach. And in just a minute, the stranger calls out to us and says, "'Have you caught any fish?' And they admit, no, we've caught absolutely nothing. And so the stranger calls back and says, why don't you cast your nets on the other side of the boat and see what happens? Well, when they did that, they cast their nets on the other side, they found that in just a short period of time, the nets were absolutely full of fish. 
And so it seems that the stranger on the beach knows more about where the good fishing holes are than even the professional fishermen themselves. I've been wondering this week if you and I as individuals and then we as a community of faith were to ask ourselves what does it mean to cast our nets on the other side of the boat, what would that call us to do? Well, first of all, I think if we cast our nets on the other side, then we will fish for the fish that no one else sees. We will fish for the fish that no one else sees. Now, you know, as metropolitan community churches, we are a local congregation of that movement. We have churches around the world. And you know, for 43 years, we'll have an anniversary soon. For 43 years, we pride ourselves in having fished for the fish that no one else would see. The question is, 43 years down the road as a local congregation, what does it mean for us to keep fishing for fish that no one else sees? It's not the same 43 years later, but what is it? I'll bet most of you in this room, if we went around and collected your stories, we would discover that at some point in your life, you have been one of those people that someone else failed to see. In some situations, you became invisible, and no one saw you. And so here in this place we call resurrection. What does it mean when we say to ourselves, we've got to tune up our ears, and we've got to adjust our eyesight so that we are sure that we see the fish that no one else is seeing. That makes us vibrant and vital. It makes us a place that even the most invisible will be seen. What does it mean to see? I know that those are adjustments I have to make every single day of my life, is figure out how I grow spiritually enough that I can see people and not see through them or over them or around them, but to see them. And so what does it mean for us to fish for the fish that no one else sees? I hope we will tune ourselves up and get ready to see those who are not accustomed to being seen. I also think that casting our nets on the other side means that we fish in a new way. We fish in a new way. Now, you know, I've been an MCCer for a really long time. I'm going to tell you I've been an MCCer for 30 years. Now, some of you here for the first time perhaps don't realize that I'm an elder in our denomination, which means that I get to travel all over the world, really, and visit our congregations everywhere. And I've been listening, and something that happens to me a lot when I go to churches, and it happens here too, by the way, when I stand wherever and greet people after the service, without fail, there are at least some folks, actually there's more than some, who come by and greet me and say, Hi, my name is whatever. And they say, I used to be a Baptist. I used to be a Catholic. I used to be an Episcopal. I used to be, I used to be, I used to be. I have no idea why people feel a need to tell me what they used to be. 
Now, here's the thing. Myself, I've been an MCCer for 30 years. I'm 55 years old. You do the math. I don't want you worrying about that, trying to sort that out. Okay? And what I know is that MCCers have figured out a long time ago that we have to keep fishing a new way because that is our place in the world, is on the edge where no one else has the courage to be. And so we have to fish in a new way. It can't be the same old thing we've always done. You know why? Because here's what happens. For those of us who have finally been seen, our tendency is to go blind and to forget that there are still people who need to be seen, and we're the ones who should be able to best see them, but not if we stay the same. Things have to move. We have to fish in a new way, which means we have to listen to the voices. I've been here a couple of months in one way or another, and I've been trying to listen to different people, some one-on-one, -on -one, some in groups, some in forums. And I want to tell you some of the things I hear about a new way to fish. First of all, I hear our children. I hear our children saying, do you really want us around? Or we just make too much noise? Are we just too much trouble? I hear adults saying in our MCC churches and here too, look, let's send them over there and let's make their parents teach them. I mean, they're the ones who wanted them, right? So let's let them teach them. The truth is, fishing in a new way means all of us, whether we ever expected to go to church with children or not, they are here. And children need a village of faith to help them along in their way. So fishing in a new way means that we fish for our families and we support them and we step up with our gifts and we make sure that they are here and they know they are loved. When I listen to our young adults, you know what I hear them say? I hear them say, yeah, you want us here. You keep saying that. The trouble is, you want us here if we're just like you. So to me, you know, like I'm 55. So Lily, if I act 55, you want me here. Otherwise, you really don't want to listen to me. You see, our young adults are saying, we have different challenges than you had, and we need you to hear us. We need to hear you to hear our desires about God and our desires about community and the way we would like to experience worship. We need you to hear us. But that's going to require that all of us fish in a new way. What about our people of color? What about our transgendered people? You know, their voices say, we are no longer your tokens, but you sure do treat us that way. They say, you look at me, but you don't see me. They say, I make you uncomfortable. I can tell I do. Because we're not fishing in a new way. And we must. We must. And what about our straight congregants, visitors in the community who love who we are and love what we do? You know what they say? 
I'm not sure you want us here because I think we scare you. You know, maybe we are intruding and we shouldn't. And I say, we have a message and a love and a grace for them just like the love and grace extended to us. And there is nothing for which we should be afraid. That would be fishing in a new way. And then I believe that if we cast our nets on the other side, we have to fish in a different way. Now, do you ever miss the obvious? Like there's just something right there in front of you and somehow you don't see it? Well, I know I do, and I think those of you who are saying no are not telling the truth. You know, I mean, sometimes we just miss it, and it's right there. Well, I believe that the people who were fishing that night when the stranger came on the beach, <laughs> I think they missed the obvious. Because you know what? All the stranger on the beach did was say, did you think about putting your nets on the other side of the boat? All day and all night, that had escaped the professional fishermen. Picked them up from over here and put them over there. I think that's missing the obvious. And we do it too. And you know how we do it in church or how we do it out in the world is that we miss the strangers who are in our space. When they come in the doors, we miss them. When we're out and about shopping or eating or going to work and the stranger comes, we miss them. I'll tell you, I don't know too much about fishing, if the truth were known. But I do know a little bit of something about encountering strangers. About 12 years ago, before I had a midlife crisis and went into the ministry, I was living in Washington, D.C., and I had a string of appointments during the day in the city, and I had a little bit of time in between appointments, so I decided I would go to Starbucks and have a cup of coffee. It was in the winter, and I thought I'd spend a few minutes there. When I came up to Starbucks, I noticed that close to the door there was a homeless woman who had her little buggy and it was full of things, and I noticed she was kind of muttering to herself. But I just went on into Starbucks and got my coffee and sat down. I was in a funk that day of sorts, and I just kind of wanted to be by myself. I didn't really want to talk to anybody. And so I got my coffee and sat down, and I picked up a book, and I kind of, you know how you can put a book around you that sort of says, you know, move away from the book. So... Um, that's kind of how I was feeling. And, you know, I, I was reading a little bit, and I noticed that in the perif my peripheral vision, I noticed that the homeless woman had come into the Starbucks door. And I want to be honest with you. What was going through my head at that moment was, please don't come over here. Please don't come sit down by me. Of course, my peripheral vision continued to follow her. And don't you know, she came and sat right down by me. So I just put my book up higher. And I was hoping for all I was worth that she would just leave me alone. But guess what? In a minute, she's tapping me on the shoulder. And I'm thinking, I'm obviously not going to escape this. So I turned to her and she says, Honey, God wants me to tell you something. Now what do you do when people say that? 
I mean, what are you supposed to do? So I'm going, okay, so what does God want you to tell me? She said, God wants me to tell you that in the next year, there are going to be a lot of unexpected things come into your life, and all you need to do is say yes. And I said, okay. Um, all right, thank you. <laughs> and you know what? She turned back to sort of muttering to herself. She didn't smell good. She was, had a little alcohol in her breath. The most unlikely people, and she'd just given me a message from God. Now I want you to fast forward a year. And fast forwarding a year, I was looking back on that particular experience. Do you know in that year, I lost my most significant relationship at the time. My father died unexpectedly, and I decided to go into the ministry. All of these were unexpected things that came into my life in the course of that year. And I realized I had said yes. Did I expect to get that message from a probably alcoholic, mentally ill, homeless woman? Did I expect that's where it would come from? No. And yet, there was the stranger talking to me and somehow listening to God. Do you know that on the beach that morning, the stranger said to the fisherman, bring some of those fish over here, and I'm going to light a fire and cook breakfast for you. And when he spoke to them, they realized that he was not a stranger at all. Resurrection MCC. I believe as deeply as anyone can believe it that when strangers come in our door and they do every week or when we encounter them out there I believe that when the strangers come if we will feed them then we will discover that they were not strangers at all, but rather they were people coming to show us a new way. May it be so. Amen.